get sick. For instance, I'm going to talk about that some things are just natural. Other times, it's a spiritual thing. And if you are trying to win a spiritual battle with natural uh, weapons, you're going to lose. Or if you're trying to fight a natural battle with spiritual weapons, you're going to lose. And so I think it is helpful to discern why we get sick and where this sickness comes from. So one of the first things I want to talk about, and this is, um, I, I say it's obvious. It's obvious to me. It's obvious to people who are in the Word of God. But there's a lot of people that don't know this. Over in John chapter 5, let me just use this example of where Jesus healed a lame man. And in John chapter 5, 1, it says, After this there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. Do you know this is controversial? There are some translations that leave this out because they believe that this was just a superstition that this happened. I honestly don't know, but really it's not relevant to the points that I'm going to be making right here. So I'm not going to deal with that right now. In verse 5, it says, And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had now been a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? Now that's a great question, and that's a little bit off topic from why are we sick, but it's still worth thinking about. Will you be made whole? And you would think that everybody says, Well, yes, I want to be made whole. But I could give you right now dozens of examples of where I've ministered to people who did not want to be whole. And I know some people think, well, everybody wants that. Let me just give one quick example that there was a man in one of the very first churches that I pastored. And he was in a wheelchair and uh, he had been a sheriff and he had been shot and he had a bullet that was lodged in his spine and he was paralyzed from the waist down and he was unable to move his legs, have any feeling or anything. And I went over and ministered to him, and over a few days' period of time, I prayed with him, and I actually got him to where he could feel things, and he started kicking his legs and moving them. He had been paralyzed, and he started moving those legs. And so I told him, I said, get up out of that wheelchair. And he says, I can't. He had had a gallbladder surgery, and they had put a tube, a drainage tube in him, and I don't know all the deals, but he had some kind of a bag or something that this fluid was draining into. And he says, you know, it's because I'm bent over. If I stand up, it'll pull this tube out. And this is back when I was, you know, 20 something years old. And I, I didn't, I didn't have the experience and the boldness that I've got now. And anyway, now I'd have probably pulled him out of the wheelchair and stuck my finger in the hole. <laughs> but back then I told him, I said, well, you wait until they pull this tube out and then you get up and walk. Anyway, it was a week or something. And when he went back and had this tube pulled out and then he was still in his wheelchair. And I went over and saw him and he was back to where he was numb. He couldn't move. He, he couldn't feel anything. And he was paralyzed again. And I was really perplexed over this. And a friend of mine came who was 
you know, longer in the ministry than I was, had more wisdom than I did, and he just perceived that this guy didn't want to be healed. And so he ministered to him, and he says, if you'll come to church tonight, he says, we'll pray for you. And the guy said, well, I can't come. You know, I'm in a wheelchair. I don't have anybody to take me. And he says, look, if, if you could go down to the uh, hospital, and if they could guarantee you, if you got there, you'd be healed, then you'd get there. And he says, okay, so I'll be there. Well, he didn't show up. The next day, after this other minister had left town, I went over to see this guy, and based on what the other man was saying, I just began to question, do you really want to be healed? And I, instead of me trying to force it on him and encouraging him and say, I'm going to believe and you're going to get up and walk, I just started asking questions about where he was. And anyway, the long and the short of it was that he had been the sheriff when he was shot and he was on disability and he was a hero in the eyes of all of these people. And he began to tell me, he says, if I get healed, if I get out of this wheelchair, I'm going to lose my, my disability. I don't know what else to do. All I've ever done is a sheriff. And he'd been paralyzed for like 20 years. He was getting older by this time. He says, I'm not sure I could get a job. I need this money. I can't be healed. And he says, then people would think that I was faking it this whole time. And people have called me a hero. And, and anyway, because of multiple reasons, he just would rather stay in the wheelchair. And did you know that there's some people that honestly, they have grown accustomed to this. I prayed with another man who had a two point something million dollar lawsuit and he had all kinds of problems, couldn't bend over. And I prayed with him. He was bending over and touching his toes. And by the end of the week, he came and he says, I, my lawsuit, I'm going to get this judgment next week. And if I walk in healed, it may change the whole outcome of this trial and stuff. And he says, I need this money. And this man rejected his healing and went back and was stoved up again because of these things. There's people that honestly, whether you know it or not, they don't want to be healed. So this is a very valid question and something that each one of you need to ask yourself. Do you really want to be healed? Or have you grown accustomed to your sickness? Have you gotten to where you can live with it. I've often said this, as long as you can stand being sick, then you will be sick. As long as you can tolerate it, as long as it's something that you can live with, that is not good. You need to reach a place where I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, and I've had all of this I'm going to take. Now, that may not instantly produce results, but that attitude is a very godly attitude. So Jesus asked this man, will you be made whole? The impotent man said unto him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. There's so much in this that I'm not going to be touching on. I'm wanting to focus on why our people sick. Why do we have sickness? There's some great lessons here. He told him to do something that he couldn't do. And most people consider that unreasonable. And if you say, well, you know, move something. Well, I can't move because it hurts. Well, Jesus was telling this man to do something that he couldn't do. Faith without works is dead. James chapter 2, verse 20. You need to start pushing yourself and doing something that you don't feel like doing.
So anyway, there's a great message in that. But let me just go on. In verse 9, it says, And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And the same day was the Sabbath day. And so the scribes and the Pharisees saw this man carrying his bed on the Sabbath day, and they began to rebuke him. And he said, Well, the one that healed me told me to pick up my bed and carry it. And they said, Well, who is that? And he didn't even know who Jesus was. So in verse 14, afterward, Jesus findeth him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole, sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. So here's my number one point. Why are people sick? Sin is an inroad of sickness into your life. Now, I'm going to explain this a little bit more, but let me say that this is not the only reason. And I think that sometimes this has caused a lot of problems. It's caused some people to reject any teaching about healing because they just say that if you are believing for healing and if somebody is sick, well, then they think, well, you're saying that it's because of my sin. I did something to cause that. That is one reason. I mean, Jesus said it right here. Don't go out and sin or a worse thing will come unto you. Sin opens up a door to the devil, and Satan comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. John chapter 10, verse 10. So if you go out and live in sin, Satan is going to eat your lunch and pop the bag, and he will do it through finances, he will do it through emotions, he'll do it through relationships being broken, but he will also come with sickness. And if you are living in sin, it is a direct inroad of sickness. Satan, you could say, but many ways he comes and steals from you, but one of them is through sickness. So if you're living in sin, and if you recognize that you're living in sin, stop it. I've had people come to me before that had HIV, and I believe that God heals HIV. I've seen lots of people healed of HIV. I've had some of the cases documented where people come back with doctor's reports and they've been healed. I don't believe that God cannot or will not heal HIV. But when I've had people come to me with that, I say, how did you contact this? Because, you know, you can get it through a blood transfusion or through some things, but the majority of the times it's through some kind of illicit sexual contact. And I've asked people before, I said, so how did you get this? And if it's because they've been living in homosexuality or they've had sex with somebody who's infected and it's not their partner and it's sin, well, then that is a direct inroad of Satan into your life. And I'll still pray for them, but I'll say, you need to stop this. And I'll ask them, have you repented of this? And many times people will say, yes, this is before I was born again. And I believe that I'm forgiven. Well, if they've repented of it and if they've received forgiveness, well, then I'll go ahead and pray. And I've seen people heal of HIV. But I've had some people come who were living in sin, who were living, just shacking up with somebody and living in sin. And yet there's consequences to our sin. And Jesus right here says, don't go out and sin lest a worse thing come upon you. You need to recognize that sin is one reason, not the only reason, but it's one reason why sickness comes. And if you have lived in sin, you have just opened up a door to the devil and you need to shut that door. You need to rebuke the devil, command him to get out and then lock the door. And if you don't do that, 
There's scriptures that talk about where Jesus said that if you cast the demon out of a person, and I believe that you could apply this to sickness too because it's, again, sin-related. Satan is taking advantage of you through the sickness. But if you drive a demon out, that demon will go out and then eventually seek to come back to where he was. And if the house is unprotected, then he'll bring seven demons with him that are worse than himself. And the last end of that person will be worse than it was in the beginning. And so if a person is living in sin, and if sin is the reason or the avenue that Satan has into your life to bring that sickness, well, then God still loves you and God wants you well. But you're actually doing a disservice to a person to just minister healing to them and then they go back and live in that sin. Well, that sickness will come back seven times worse. It'll just manifest itself in some other way. So if the reason that you are dealing with sickness is because of some known sin, and I need to emphasize known sin because every one of us fails to be the perfect person. None of us are perfect, and you don't need to get into this mindset that you have to be perfect and worthy to be healed. If God only healed people who were worthy, none of us would get healed. But if you are deliberately going out here, and, and like the example I was using, living in sexual immorality, and because of that you've got HIV or you got some uh, sexually transmitted disease and you are just continuing in that lifestyle and yet you're believing God for healing, I believe it's possible that you might get healed, but it'll just come back on you seven times worse. You've left the root of that sickness there, which is sin. Jesus said, sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto you. So if you're living in sin, stop it. Repent of it. You have embraced the devil. You have welcomed him into your life. And again, John chapter 10, verse 10 says that the thief cometh not, but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And so if you are living in sin, you are just giving Satan uh, freedom to steal, kill, and to destroy through many different avenues, and one of them is sickness. You know, I want to go on to some other things, but again, this is important. There are, uh, there are so many people that just, they hear the grace message, which I really do preach the grace of God. And I preach that God loves you in spite of who you are, not because of who you are. If God waited to love people who had it all together, he wouldn't love any of us. And so, yes, God loves us by grace. His healing comes by grace. But there are consequences to sin. I've used this verse many times, and I know that the other instructors have too. But in Romans chapter 6, verse 16, it says, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves, servants ye are, to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death, you could say of sin unto sickness, or of obedience unto life. And so if you are yielding yourself to sin, you are yielding yourself to Satan, the one who authored that sin, the one who tempted you and drew you into it, and you have just given him right to oppress you. Now again, 
This doesn't mean that you have to be worthy and get rid of everything and be the perfect person, but you do have to quit intentionally rebelling against the Lord. All of us sin by just failing to be the perfect person that we should be. And all of us could read the Word more. We could study more. We could love people more. We could give more. And we fail in many different areas. But there's a difference between a sin of omission where you just aren't the perfect person that you know we should be and a sin of rebellion where you are just absolutely persisting in something and yet you're asking for all of God's benefits while you're serving the devil. If you're doing that, you need to stop. And I know that there's people watching this right now who you know that you are living in some type of sin and God loves you and God's not angry at you. I'm not saying that God is upset and that God won't, has turned His back on you. God's arms are open. He loves you, but you are giving direct inroad to the devil. And God gave you authority over the devil. It says in James chapter 4, verse 7, Submit yourselves therefore unto God. That's talking about living a godly life, not living in sin. And then it says in James 4, 7, the last part, Resist the devil and he will actually actively fight, flee from you. He will resist the devil and he will flee from you. And the word resist means to actively fight against. If you are living in known sin, if you are doing something in rebellion towards God, you are not resisting the devil. You are submitting unto him. And it says you resist the devil and he will flee from you until you quit cooperating with the devil and giving Satan place in your life. You're going to be ineffective getting rid of that sickness. Or, as I said earlier, if you do get rid of the sickness and receive a healing, he's going to come back and try and enter back in, and it'll come back seven times worse unless you've stopped the thing. That's important. So if you're living in sin, that is one reason that people get sick is because they are living in known, deliberate disobedience to God. They are yielding themselves to Satan, and he comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. So if you're living in sin, quit it. That's just simple. I don't understand why anybody has a problem with that. And there's many sins. I've mentioned sexual sins, but unforgiveness where you're holding unforgiveness in your heart and you are bitter towards somebody. The Bible says a little root of bitterness will spring up and the whole body will be defiled through that. Again, this is talking about something physical such as sickness, bitterness, unforgiveness, uh, selfishness, just on and on you could go. It doesn't have to be just sexual sins or rape, murder, uh, something like that. But just if you are doing something that you know is wrong, stop it. And don't give place to the devil. I actually had an employee that smoked. I mean smoked pack, uh, over a pack of cigarettes a day. And I talked to this employee about them, and I loved them. I wasn't mad at them. I've got some employees right now that smoke, and I haven't ever criticized one. I tell people, you do not go to hell for smoking, but you'll smell like you've been there. <laughs> and uh, anyway, I talked to this person, and they said, look, I, I know it's wrong, but I just like it, and I'm going to do it. And anyway, they came down with lung cancer. 
And I prayed with them and they went through all of the treatments and finally it got so bad that they were just in the last stages. And I said, you know, I don't know how to uh, really pray about this because for 30, 40 years, you've been dealing with this. You know it's wrong. I've talked to you about it. And yet you just keep doing it. And there are consequences. I mean, you are uh, poisoning yourself. And they said, I know it. And so anyway, I prayed with them and I was in the hospital with them just the day before they died. And I prayed with them and they were having excruciating pain and could barely breathe. And I mean, the peace of God came over them. The pain left. They were, they were, uh, they didn't have any strength to do anything. They stayed in the hospital, but there was total peace. There was total calm. This person died and went to be with the Lord and they had complete peace. And I believe that God touched her and dealt with her, but you know, there was consequences to what she was doing. If a per, I've actually prayed with people before who had a trache, uh, tracheotomy, I think is what they call it, where you have a hole here and you have to breathe through this external hole and they would put a cigarette up to the hole and smoke that way. And they wanted me to pray for them to be healed and yet they were still smoking, which is what caused all of the problem. And I honestly, I may be wrong in this, but I cannot just pray for a person who is deliberately in rebellion going against what God has told them to do and yet expect results. Now, again, this isn't to say that you have to be completely worthy because, again, I could always love more than I do. I could always study more than I do. We all fail in some way, but to be just deliberately disobedient to God, Jesus said, sin no more lest the worst thing has come upon you. I could spend more time talking about that. But I want to go on and talk about there's some things that are just natural. There are some sicknesses that are just natural. And let me say at the onset of this that I think we believe too many things are just natural. I think that there's a lot of things that are completely demonic, and I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. But there are some things that are natural. Most people think that every sickness and every disease is some kind of a demonic attack or something like that. I said this at the beginning, but you can't fight a spiritual battle with natural means and you can't fight a natural battle with spiritual means. You can't be rebuking. You know, if you get a, a splinter in you or something like that, you just can't be rebuking it and asking God to pull the splinter out. God gave you a wisdom and you know what? I would pull the splinter out. Let me use this example that I had a man come to me one time who was uh, working on a house construction and he was uh, driving a cement nail and he hit this nail and it broke in two and it ricocheted off of the cement and came and stuck right in his eye. And this, this nail was sticking out of his eye. So his wife brought him over to me and he was bleeding profusely. He had lots of pain. And I prayed over him. The bleeding stopped. The pain stopped. But he still had a nail sticking out of his eye. And so I believe that I prayed and God was touching him. But I said, look, we've got to pull this nail out of your eye. You cannot. It's not just going to supernaturally or something come out of his eye. It's like that splinter. If you get a splinter, pull the thing out. 
And I said, somebody's going to have to pull it out. And I said, I don't have a clue what I'm doing. Do you want me to pull it out or do you want a doctor, somebody who knows what they're doing to pull that out? He said, I think I'll take a doctor. And so he went to a doctor and he had that doctor pull that nail out and he did not lose his vision and God blessed him. So I believe that, yes, we used our faith and believe, but at the same time, there are some things that are just natural. And you know, if you, like I've got friends that played racquetball and different types of sports and stuff, and because of it, they've ruined their knees, they ruined their hips. And when you have something natural like that that you've done, uh, I believe that you need to take some natural precautions to be able to deal with it. Now, if you've gone so far that your knees and hips are completely gone, well then yes, I believe God can provide a miracle and he can supernaturally fix that. But I'm saying that when you start experiencing some natural pain and stuff, you ought to recognize that there are some things that are just natural and quit doing what causes you pain. You know, if you hit your hand with a hammer, it's gonna hurt and it's gonna swell up and it's gonna get black and blue. And then you sit there and just rebuke that and pray over it. Well, I, if I was to accidentally hit my hand, which I have done, I've prayed over it and God has protected me. But I guarantee you, I wouldn't go and hit it again. I wouldn't just keep doing that. If you know that there is something you're doing in the natural that is causing you problems, well then I would quit doing it. I would quit beating my head against the wall if I knew that this was giving me migraine headaches. If you're doing something in the natural that is causing you problems, then I believe there needs to be a natural response. Now you can couple that with a spiritual response. You can say, Father, forgive me for being stupid and doing this to my body. And so I'm asking you to heal me and I'm gonna make the adjustments so that I don't do this to myself again. But I, I believe you need to couple it with that. If, if there's some natural things that are happening to you that are exposing you to sickness and disease, you need to take some precautions and you need to deal with some things in the natural. Now, I believe that, but let me go on to the next thing. So I've talked about that there is sin that is an inroad. There are some things that are just natural. We live in a fallen world and you can have a traffic accident, you can have a physical accident, doing things. There's things that you can do that just naturally hurt your body. You know, if you are 100 pounds overweight, then you're probably gonna have back problems. You're probably gonna have some uh, problems with some kind of diabetes or things like that. Blood pressure problems. There's natural consequences to being overweight. And if a person came to me for prayer and if they had back problems, but if they had say 150 pounds of sacks, like I use feed sacks all the time, they're 50 pounds a piece. If I had three of those feed sacks somehow or another strapped to me and I was carrying those things around strapped to my waist, and if when I slept I had to roll and throw those things over and stuff, you know what, I'd probably have back problems. That's just natural, that's not a spiritual thing, that's just a natural thing. And if somebody came to me for prayer for pain in their back, you know what, and they had three of these sacks strapped to them, I'd pray for them, but the first thing I'd do is cut those things off and drop them, and then I'd pray for them. And I'm saying that if you are like 100 pounds overweight, or it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be a certain amount, but if you know that you have not taken care of your body 
And because of this, there's physical things. It needs to be a combination of saying, God, forgive me. I draw on your power. I receive your healing. But at the same time, quit doing those natural things that are causing you to be sick. That should not have to be explained. But it's amazing. It's amazing how people will sit there and just corrupt themselves. And then when there's consequences, go to believing God and they just can't understand why they aren't healed. I tell you, when you're carrying 100 pounds, and it doesn't have to be 100 pounds, it could be 50 pounds or whatever, but when you're carrying all this extra weight, it's hard on your joints. It causes blood pressure problems. It causes uh, blood flow problems. It causes diabetes. It causes all kinds of things. It makes you lethargic and on and on and on you could go. There are consequences of not taking care of your body. And so again, if you, if you are overweight, are you just dead in the water until you lose all of this weight? No, I believe that you can pray and you can ask God for a supernatural miracle. But unless you protect that house, Satan is going to come back in and you're going to have those problems. Unless you start shedding that weight or doing whatever it is, unless you quit smoking, unless you quit shooting up drugs, unless you quit doing the things that are causing you problems in the natural, you are going to eventually have those things back. It's what's called a systemic problem. Systemic is like when you cut a plant off at the ground level and you, you cut that off and throw it away. But if you leave the root there, that thing will grow back. If you leave the root, the physical thing that you're doing that is causing you to be sick, you are going to have that thing crop back up. And so you have to not only cut it off at the ground level, but you have to dig out the roots. You need to stop doing what you're doing that allows that sickness into your life. And then a third thing is I believe that there are some things that are just demonic attacks. Now, again, some of these things overlap because Satan can't just have access to you without your consent and cooperation. But sometimes you don't cooperate with the devil through going out and living in deliberate known sin. That's one way you cooperate with the devil. But we live in a fallen world. And let's say, for instance, you have somebody around you who's got some communicable disease and they sneeze on you or cough on you or you shake hands with them and you could receive something that uh, you didn't really, it wasn't your sin that caused it to come, but nonetheless, there is something coming against you. It could be a demonic attack that you did not welcome, but you, in a sense, allowed it because you didn't stand on the promises of God's Word. Boy, that could use a lot more explanation than what I have time to give right here. Let me just say real quickly, in Psalms chapter 91, it says, No plague will come nigh your dwelling. Only with your eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked. A thousand will fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come nigh you. If you were walking in the fullness of God's promises and standing on that, Psalms 91 verse 2 says, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and Him shall I trust. If you are speaking forth your faith and taking your authority, I believe you can be like a force field around you and you could keep things from coming. 
If we were all work, walking in the Word of God perfectly, I believe you can actually keep sickness from even coming nigh your dwelling. That's the promises of Psalms chapter 91. But since none of us are there, there's times that we let down our guard. There's times that we aren't uh, releasing our faith the way we should. And Satan can just come and attack you. Not something that you sinned and opened up a door. You just weren't uh, walking in the... Um, blessing and the defense of the Lord the way you should and so it's just a demonic attack and there are some things that it's not anybody's fault the ninth chapter of the book of John Jesus healed a blind man and his disciples said who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind see this goes back to the first thing we talked about some people think the only reason that anybody has a problem is because of some sin either on their part or their parents or somebody else Jesus said it's not either. This was just something that happened. It was an attack. Now, it's not God's will, but we live in a fallen world. And there's just some things that happen, and they're attacks. They're demonic attacks. And how do you fight against that? Let me share some scriptures with you. This is out of Mark chapter 1 and in verse 32. It says, And at even when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased and them that were possessed with devils. And all the city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many that were sick and of divers diseases and cast out many devils and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. And so right here, Jesus affected physical healings by, by casting devils out of people. So some sickness is a direct inroad of sin. Some is just natural things. Some, it can be a direct demonic attack. And if you are trying to heal something that is demonic in origin with some natural organic method, I believe that you're going to be ineffective. Now, again, this could take much more explanation than what I've got time to give right here. I really believe that all depression, manic depressive and stuff like this, I, I actually believe it's demonic. Now, is that to say that you can't do something? Well, no, you can give a person that's got these mental disorders some kind of a drug that will dope them up and basically just make them a zombie and you can limit the control that that demon is able to exercise over that person. But you can't get them free through just natural means. You can affect it to a degree. I believe that lots of times cancer, now I'm going to explain this more, but sometimes cancer and things like that are direct demonic things. And they can cut out the part that's infected. They can radiate it. They can do some things. But uh, in some cases, they will sit there and say that we don't have a reason for what's happening. It is, we can't understand what's going on, and yet this person is suffering. I believe it's because it's spiritual in origin, and there's not something that's just physical that's causing it. Look at this. There are 10 different times recorded in the Gospels where Jesus cast devils out of people. And, um, you know, you could go to my living commentary and look at this note at Mark chapter 1, verse 32, and this will help you, and it will give you all of these details. I've got every one of those instances, those 10 times where Jesus cast demons out of people. I've got them listed, and you can read them there at Mark chapter 1, 
verse 32. And here's some of the things that they cause. Demons cause dumbness. Matthew chapter 9, verses 30, 32 through 33, and also Luke chapter 11, verse 14. This is where a person could not speak because of a demon, and Jesus cast the demon out, and the person was able to speak. Blindness and dumbness is in Matthew chapter 12, verse 22. Again, I encourage you to look up every one of these and study it for yourself. But demons cause that. Jesus cast demons out to effect this cure. It's uh, lunacy is what the King James says, or insanity is what most people would say. Seizures, attempted suicide, foaming at the mouth, gnashing of the teeth, and screaming. All of those things were caused by demons. Matthew chapter 17, Mark chapter 9, and Luke chapter 9. Being bowed over, a woman who was bowed over and could not lift herself up. Most people believe that that's curvature of the spine, scoliosis. That was in Luke chapter 13, verses 11 through 13. That was a demon. And Jesus cast it out and said, Should not this woman whom Satan has bound, lo, all of these years be set free on the Sabbath? And it was a demonic power that caused that uh, curvature of the spine or scoliosis. There was other sicknesses and diseases. Matthew chapter 4, Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. I've already used this, and I know a lot of the other instructors have. But it says how that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with power and with the Holy Ghost, who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Not oppressed of God, but oppressed of the devil. So in one sense, I believe that all sickness is from the devil. There was no sickness until sin entered the earth. You know, virus, uh, infections, and things like that. I don't believe that uh, God created, like for instance, uh, you know, all viruses and things like that, but prior to sin, they weren't destructive. I've got a friend of mine that actually has taken rattlesnakes and put them in a hyperbaric chamber and their, their chemistry literally changes when you put them into the conditions that existed before the flood came and before sin entered the world. And the toxic venom of a snake actually becomes a curative. It's a healing type of thing. I believe that snakes, poison and stuff, all of this is a result of the fall. And everything, you know, I, I believe that there was probably things like thorns and thistles and stuff, but somehow or another they mutated or changed after the fall of man. Animals at one time were all herbivores instead of carnivores. Everything in this world has changed. And I believe that the uh, viruses and, and things like that somehow or another have changed. Everything, all sickness, all accidents, all tragedies, somehow or another, are a result of a fallen world. In the sinless world that Adam and Eve lived in, I don't believe there was any sickness, no, there was any disease, and it's not going to be that way in heaven. The Bible says that in heaven there won't be any sickness, no more disease. And then Jesus told us to pray, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we can pray for that healing and that wholeness right here. But in one sense, all sickness, all tragedy, all things come from the fall. So in that sense, you know, every sickness is from the devil. But there are some things that come because you have cooperated with the devil through sin 
And if that's the case, stop cooperating. Stop your sin. Oh, drive the devil out. Lock and bolt the door. Don't let him back in. There's some things that just come because we live in a fallen world. You could catch a cold. You could catch an infection through somebody else because of these, uh, you know, microscopic uh, animals or viruses or whatever they're called. Uh, and they, they aren't functioning the way that God originally intended them to. Originally, you know, that wasn't the way it was. So in some sense, that's all a result of sin. But it doesn't have to be some deliberate sin on your part that you get the flu. You could just come in contact with somebody who's got that bug. And so you have to deal with that. And there's some natural things that you need to do. If you get the flu, well, yes, believe God for a healing, but at the same time, wash your hands, quit going around people that have the flu, quit exposing yourself to it. There's some natural things that you need to do. And then there's sometimes that it's just a demonic attack. There's sometimes that I mean Satan just singles you out and comes against you with some kind of a sickness or a disease. And when that's so, you have to fight that in the spiritual realm. And I think that way, way, way too many people ignore the fact that a lot of sickness is just a demonic attack against you. And they're trying to go to the doctor and find some physical way of dealing with it. And they may be able to mitigate the symptoms to some degree. They may be able to survive and live with it. But they aren't going to have total freedom until they recognize that this is demonic. And Jesus told us to cast these demons out. Let me read these verses to you over in Matthew chapter 10. This is where Jesus commissioned his disciples to go out and heal the sick. And in Matthew chapter 10 verse 1 and when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. And again, see, this is the point that I was making that sickness is sometimes just natural. Sometimes it is uh, because you've yielded yourself to the devil, but sometimes it's just a demonic attack and you have to cast demons out sometimes to see uh, a healing come to pass. I met with Oral Roberts just a couple of months before he died back in 19, what was that? Or it would have been 2009. 2009, I was in his home and met with him and he was sharing some things with me and he said the greatest miracles that he ever saw were when he cast demons out. You know, the Bible says you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. God built into the human body the ability to recover. You can get sicknesses and different diseases and, and your body just is able to make antibodies and overcome these things and you recover. That's a process. But Oral Roberts was saying that the greatest miracles he saw was when it was a demonic thing. And when that demon is gone, instantly the body was loosed. Like this woman who was bent over and couldn't lift herself up. And we suppose that that was curvature of the spine. And when the demon left, instantly she was able to straighten herself up. It wasn't a gradual healing. This was a demonic oppression. And I don't think that most people consider this the way that they should. And they try and deal with everything just in the natural physical realm with physical things. There's some things that can be dealt with. There's some things that it is just totally organic, but there are spiritual attacks and we have a lot of precedent for that in the Bible. So somebody says, well, where do I draw the line? How do I know? Uh, 
I hesitate to just say because I've seen people do this and say that if you have this sickness, then this is a spiritual thing, this is a natural thing. I'm not sure that you can just draw a line like that and say that every person that has this problem, it's all demonic. This person, it's all just natural. I think that uh, it, can, it can be confusing. Personally, I just rely upon the Holy Spirit. When something comes against me, I first of all thank God, am I opening up a door to the devil? And if I welcome something in through sin, then I'll look and say, is there something that I've done? Like one time I was determined I was going to start exercising and I started doing, uh, I think it was 200 sit-ups a day. But the way that I did the sit-ups was the way I was taught in school. And I put my hands behind my, my neck like this and did my sit-ups and touched my elbows to my knees. And after a week or so of that, you know, I started having this terrible neck pain and I got so bad that I couldn't sleep at night. And finally I was praying and I said, God, I know I'm seeking you. I haven't let the devil in. I don't think that this is because of some sin. It's not demonic. And I was praying and asking God to show me. And he said, it's because I was pulling on my neck like this. And I quit doing those sit-ups. And guess what? My pain in my neck went away. You have to be able to decide whether this is something that is caused by just a physical thing and you need to quit doing it or whether it's a spiritual thing and you need to take authority over it and rebuke it, or is it a consequence of a sin? Are you, you know, 100 pounds overweight and you're causing these things? Have you gone out and lived in sin and therefore Satan has a legal right to afflict your body through some sickness? And I don't know how to just draw the line. You need to pray and let the Holy Spirit show you. But I can say this, God wants you to be well more than you want to be well. And if you will pray and open your heart up and not be arrogant about it, if the Lord tells you that there's something you're doing wrong, well then receive it. Humble yourself. Don't be stubborn about this. And if you would open up your heart and pray, God will show you. And if there's things in the natural that you are doing that's causing this, whether it's sin or you're out there doing something in the physical that's causing damage to your body, well, then quit those things. Stop it. And then believe for the supernatural power of God to flow and you will walk free from that. If it's just an attack, and I, I believe that there's times that Satan has just attacked me when there was no reason for it. One time I was making radio programs and I was getting ready to go overseas and I was staying up late at night making radio programs because I was going to be gone for two weeks and I was in the middle of a radio program and all of a sudden sneezing started coming on me. <laughs> Aches and pains and fever and my nose started running. And I mean, in 10 minutes time, I had full-blown uh, flu symptoms. <coughs> and I thought, this is crazy. I was perfectly healthy before. And I said, this is nothing but an attack from the devil. And I just cut off my machines and for about 30 minutes I just stood there and prayed in tongues and resisted this and fought it in the spiritual realm and within 30 minutes every one of those symptoms was completely gone. I just look at that as an attack of the devil. I don't think there was anything natural that caused it. It was just an attack of the devil trying to stop me, hinder me from doing what God called me to do and I overcame it in the spiritual realm. But if there was things, if I was living in sin, man, I'd quit living in sin. And then I'd believe God for my healing. So hopefully this will help you. Why are we sick? There's multiple reasons. There's probably some things that I didn't cover. But these three main areas 
I believe are the biggest things. If you're living in sin, stop it. If you're doing something in the natural that's causing these problems in your body, stop it. And if it's a spiritual attack, you aren't going to be able to deal with that in some physical, natural way. You need to deal with it spiritually, and you do that through taking your authority and just fighting against this thing. Mm -hmm.